Hey, welcome to another action-packed edition of Sports with Friends. Well, we've been on a roll. We had uh, Patrick Mahomes' godfather, LaTroy Hawkins on the show, then Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. On the, on the program. And now we go even higher. We talk to an iconic broadcaster, and I love doing the intros. I do these really long intros, but I love doing them when the guy can see me. This is the first ever Sports with Friends recorded in Los Angeles. We've recorded this show in France. We've recorded this show all over America, but this is the first time in L.A. Jason Smith is with Fox Sports Radio. Uh, He and I have uh, known each other for a while because I go on his goddamn radio show, and we've just developed a a, a rapport that I have a feeling is going to be uh, displayed on the course of this episode. But uh, Jason, thanks for doing this. I mean, the hoops that we had to jump through just to, to get this show done. I, I hope you're worth it. Well, I want to know this. Sports with Friends. This podcast started in 2015. 15, yeah. Right. So you, great rapport. We have all this stuff. This is episode number, what is it? Uh, it's episode 183. Okay, so I get into the 180s yeah. before I get a, hey, you want to come on my Sports with Friends. So you have 180 better friends than me. 180. <laughs> well... You know, it's it's funny. It's funny that you say that. Um, I have wanted you on the show. There have been times when I have asked you on the show, and you've been too busy because you're doing the morning show, the night show, the day show. I I, I can think of times 2016, 2017 when this was a rinky dink podcast. I waited till we're on the iTunes charts to have Jason Smith on. Okay, so let's say we go back then. Then I'm in at least the 80s. Right, so I'm like in the in maybe the lowest end is in the 50s. My favorite story about that, and I've told this on the podcast before, is uh, I recorded Eli Manning. Eli Manning comes on. We do this charity event, and he comes on the podcast every year since we started it. So he's been on four times. And at the time that we were recording, we were coming up on episode 100. And I said, "Hey, man, you know, two-time Super Bowl MVP. I, I, you want to, you want to be episode 100? Like, I'll get some Shamil to come on, be episode 99, mm-hmm. and you could be 100." And he goes, "I had a shitty year. Let's do 99." <laughs> so now, how do I feel it in the 180s? Now, I mean, am, I, am I a Shlemiel or a Shlemazel? What? what and Pepper Incorporated. Exactly. That's that's a reference that nobody gets. <laughs> that's okay. That's back when your podcast started. It was in 1975. Right. That's like that's like I'll make fun of another guest. I I had um, Marty Appel, the former PR director of the Yankees, uh, on the show. He was the PR director during the seventies, like the great George Steinbrenner time, and he wrote a book about Casey Stengel, and he says I'm, I want to promote my book. Can I come on your podcast? And I said, Yes, but I just want to establish one rule: there is not a person, not, forget a demographic, there is not a person that knows who Casey Stengel is, that knows what the word podcast is. So anyone who's remotely interested in Casey Stengel is not listening to a podcast. So I'm after him. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm, I'm after him. Okay, all right. All right, you know what? Look, let, let's just celebrate the fact the party got to me. That's right. So I'll, I'll be happy with that at all. <laughs> and we needed a guest this week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm in L.A. I don't really know anybody because I'm kind of East Coast-based. So if you would come on the show, that would be awesome. And the hoops you jumped through to get me on tells me you really had no plan B. I mean, there was no plan B. It's not like, oh, if I don't get you, I'll get LeBron or I'll get LeBron. Gurley. Yeah, no, no, no. Nobody else. You know, it's funny. LeBron is a – there's a theme about LeBron um, that I, I, I have an interview planned that I want to do with him. To, so I want to get your thoughts if I have a shot. 
So there's this great story about LeBron the year before the the Cavaliers won the title. So the first finals with the Warriors and the Cavaliers. The Warriors, uh, the, the Cavaliers won a game in that finals. And LeBron James tweeted, I, I heard about this all secondhand, but LeBron James tweeted that night and he said, celebrating our big victory with a Teen Titans Go Marathon. And the producers of this animated series called Teen Titans Go, they were like, you watch our show? That's awesome. Like, we'll write you in it. You want to be a voice? And he was like, yeah, dude, uh, let's set it up. So there's an episode of Teen Titans Go in which they go to a basketball camp run by LeBron James. And the one thing that they it's, – it's a comedy show. It's like a spoof show. And the one thing they did was every time LeBron James walks, he says the words dribble, 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 dribble. <laughs> And my kids, so my kids are seven and ten now, but when this came out, they were, you know, four and and seven. You know, like they were just a little younger, and they ate that up. Their favorite basketball player is LeBron James. They have never seen him play. <laughs> well, here's all right. So, here's so do you think if I go up to, like if the Lakers come to Barclays Center or some, like, random game on the East Coast, and I say I want five minutes with, with LeBron James, not for sports with friends. For the comic book show to talk about Teen Titans Go. Oh, yeah, then you'll get them. Then I'll get them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't want basketball, forget it. Right. Sports with friends, forget it. That's what you call me. Right. And, but but <laughs> Teen Titans Go, yo, absolutely, he'll do it for you. My, my daughter's friends love I've never seen it, but it's funny because um, I know it's the same characters because I collected that comic sure. book when I was growing up. And I said, yeah, it's Robin and uh, uh, Starfire, right? And Changeling, yeah, but he's Beast Boy, right? And then you have, and then you have as Wonder Girl, and they're like, yeah, how do you know? I go because I read this comic book in the nineteen eighties, and they're like, oh yeah, it's this, it's this, and I'm like, it's the same people. It's forty years have gone by. It's the same people. And Robin has baby hands. I love that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. Robin has baby hands. And I know we're bleeding over to the to the Hall of Justice, and you're not coming on that podcast. You, there's no no way. Uh, but I, no, we're not doing a superhero talk. I had no. no. They, they, they they don't want to hear two yokels talking about how we remember the Teen Titans. But have you heard of the show? Have you heard of the show? DC has the DC Universe app. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a live action Titans. With the same characters, and Robin says, fuck Batman. Wow. In the show. Wow. They went, like, so far the opposite on purpose. Wow. That's, uh, wow. I can't believe that that's something that actually got, I mean, you, about Batman? He's wearing the Robin suit, and he goes, fuck Batman. You can't, you can't do that, man. You cannot. That's that's like Harry. You can't. Okay, you can't make fun of Batman. Can't make fun of Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Maybe. I mean, the movie did well, but I mean, that, you can't do that. I mean, Rob. Wow, Robin's getting a little huffy. And Ken Griffey Jr. acknowledged on this podcast that he watches Black Lightning, and I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, why can't I be on this other pod? We could talk about. Want to do a whole superhero episode? Well, I could do. Listen, I, we could do. Okay, all right. No, then I guess the answer is no. I mean, come you just on. Asked me, and then you said no. It took me four years to get you on this podcast. <laughs> Now it's going to be an overload. All right, all right, all right, fine. But you will you will appreciate this. We had um, Dolph Lundgren on the show, Drago himself, and I couldn't decide if that was Hall of Justice or there have been very to- a few times where the show has crossed over. Mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren was one of them. I'll tell you the other one. But uh, Dolph Lundgren was did this interview, and it was about Creed Two, but it was also about Masters of the Universe, and it was about Drago, 
And then he was, but it's about boxing. And so I put it on both podcasts because I couldn't decide if that was Sports with Friends or not. The other two times we've crossed over was when we did an episode dedicated to Prince when Prince died. And we did it when Hugh Hefner died. Because there was a girl, I worked for NBC Sports Radio, and there's a girl who's a producer there. This is not, I'm not revealing any surprises. She's a producer at NBC Sports Radio. I think she's still there. And she was Miss March 2001. She, she lived at the mansion. So I said, what? So I had a chance to do an interview with her. Think about it. Anyone who's interested in sports has read Playboy. Anyone who's interested in comics has read Playboy. Anyone who's living on this earth has read Playboy. How could you not put it on both podcasts? Uh, I, I think you're being a little liberal, with, little, little liberal with reading it. I know that people have read it. I can't recall anything I've read in Playboy. You know what I read? I read this great column once. It was awesome. Although, I think that's what, do, if I remember Marshall Falk saying he didn't believe in the moon landing, I want to say that was in Playboy. I'm pretty sure. But I don't know. A lot of the articles I, I, I don't remember. I got to say. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, I tried to put a picture, like we're going to take a picture to, to do social media for this this podcast. Um, I said to her, I said, do you have any pictures that you could send me? Because when I Googled you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did she send you pictures? Did you have any? I mean, not not as good as the ones that I have now. <laughs> well, and also you run into a copyright problem, I'm sure. Oh, we, oh you can't just run those pictures. Screw the podcast. <laughs> Boy, this Sports with Friends podcast was doing so good. And then as the last episode was the, was the one about Hugh Hefner. <laughs> last episode. Um, how many years have you been now doing Fox Sports Radio? Uh, well, I was here when it first started. So that was in 2000. 2000 with Tom Lee. That's right. 2000 through 2003. And then uh, back here since 2014. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, in between, you know, I think ESPN was a long time for me doing all night because then I went right. from there to ESPN. But that was seven years. And, you know, I'm just starting year six now here at Fox. And it feels like, boy, it feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. You know, like ESPN feels like that was a long time. And, I, you know, and that was the beginning of when I when I started and, and, you know, trying to figure out who I am and my personality and stuff. So I think there was a lot of growth there that I realized that I went from being this kind of broadcaster to a different kind. But I feel like this last thing, I mean, it just feels like yesterday Mike Harmon and I met and we were we started doing the show together. Yeah, you guys have a pretty good rapport. We tried to get Harmon to do this show with you. But, uh, of course, this is the week that Fox Sports Radio decided to schedule everything other than the show I'm regularly used to. But uh, that's all right. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Fox needed to go around your podcast schedule yeah. to, to get everybody around this week. I, I understand that. Yeah. Guy comes to L.A. once and everybody just, it's like it's like you turn a light on and all the bugs scatter. Oh, hey, this room you're in right here? Hang on. Come on, walk with me for a second. Let's do walk and talk like it's a Sorkin show. All right. All right. But Look you know this. it's an audio podcast, so nobody listening cares. You no, know, it's fine, but I'm going to tell you this. Look, you're going to see this area. I want you to describe what you see. Yeah. Look at the oh, this dead. Is, I'm out of here. Hang on. Look at there's dead cockroaches. Look at them all Ugh. right there. Look at that. That's, that's like disgusting. the That's like the Cockroach Hall of Fame. Right there. Look at that. Look at that. There. They Why got they... caught. They got caught in between the glass when they were putting this up. And here they are now, forever monuments to well, a bygone era. Putting up the glass didn't see them? They're cockroaches. How often do you see them? I don't know. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. No. I like the walk and talk idea. That I think we fun. can do that. I think you we can do the walk and talk. You want to do laps? Like, yeah. We'll tra track them on our oh, no, fitness track. I don't want to do laps. I mean, like Sorkin. Like we walk and someone hands me a, a folder and I say something snappy right. and then Sports you say night. something. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to be.
That's very funny. <laughs> um, who is the idea? Well, let, let's talk about ESPN for a second. Okay. Um, the biggest difference between living here and living there, um, their decision to build that that campus uh, in Bristol, just it's so the opposite of what every broadcast outlet feels like. It feels like everything's either in New York, L.A., or some big city, Atlanta, um, you know, for all the Turner stuff. But it seems like they are an entity onto itself. And when you walk on there, it has a Disney World feel. And that's not because they're owned by Disney. It, like, it literally feels like you're walking into a Disney campus. Yeah, it's, you know, they call it the campus. And when I first started there was back in the in mid-90s when I was a production assistant. And it was three buildings. I mean, ESPN was it was huge building, but it was three buildings. It was one building where they did broadcast stuff from. It was one business building, and it was one building where they kept all the tapes. And it's funny you want to hear a funny story is that like they would keep all the tapes that you would never need like on a regular basis. They called it the Olson Building, right? And it was if you heard Olson, you knew that was forty five minutes out of your day because this was where they took all the stuff. Norris Division playoffs, nineteen eighty five. You know, so if I you, love that. Yeah, so if you needed like a Gilbert Perot goal. It was you had to go to Olsen, and it was like you had to walk and go all the way up and find it on three-quarter tapes that aren't time-logged. So that's the one thing is that all the tapes that you would get when I was there in the 90s, they all had time. So we'd say, I need, um, I need this Jay Bruce home run. So it, the Jay Bruce home run is at 13, 21. You, you scroll to it, you find it. Like these tapes didn't have – so you just had to try to scroll through like you're watching a VCR and you're trying to watch something in fast motion or your DVR, and you're watching – okay, oh, I think that's it right here. Oh, no, maybe not. So you, when you had to go to – at least it was video. Yeah, at least it was video, right. and and you were there, and it was it was forever. And now you go back, and the times I got went back in the in the late aughts, let's just say, um, and it it looked like it was. It's, people call it a campus, but to me, it was like a movie studio lot. Yeah. It's like you would go on, and here's the big cafeteria, and here's the building where they do the NBA, and here's the building where they do the NFL stuff, and it really turned into that. It was this. I didn't recognize it, and the the big difference that I find from ESPN the first time around to when I left. And I was I was there until, you know, 2011. So it hasn't been that long is that the first time around ESPN was like it was like a big dysfunctional family. The people you worked with every day. They were your uncles who you loved, but they, you know, still were stern with you. Embarrassing. Yeah, it was, you know, but it was everybody was in it together. And the second time... If my uncles are listening to that, you're not embarrassing. No, no, no. Your uncles, I hear, are really nice people. Uh, they were on podcast number what? They were on like 130... And uh, and now it's just it had the very it's very corporate. It just had a very corporate feel where where decisions were made and you had to you had to find the fun in going in every day and doing what you did. You still went in and had fun seeing people, but it was more that corporate feel. So it was good that I was based here in L.A. rather than having to be back there for so long, because, um, you know, ESPN is one of those places that goes through peaks and valleys of 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 great uh, camaraderie and, and, and great chemistry and people love being there and then you have the valleys like when they have the layoffs and, and, and morale is low and it's just one of those things I never had to worry about that but that's just the general feel I got the times I go back is very corporate it's a very uh, uh, interesting time there because uh, they took a lot of the the I'm not here to bag on them but but they took a lot of what uh, made them great the the the, the middle the, the meat and guts of, of, of what made them great the the Pierre Lebrun and Jason Stark and, 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 you know, you think about all these names and I remember they laid off their whole hockey staff right before the Stanley cup playoffs. Like it was, it, it just, it didn't seem the same. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a cord cutter. 
I that that's my that, my claim to fame. I I love saying it. I tweet about it. I don't. I, I love that I got rid of Directv, and what I find is I don't watch ESPN anymore because unless it's a game that I specifically set my app to watch. I don't just put it on to see what's on. So I don't know any of the people there anymore. I don't. I, there's so many things that have changed. And it's not just ESPN. It's a lot of, of, of broadcast networks. But it just seems to me like part of its soul is missing. Well, it's, it's the part of this. You know what I read the other day? It's funny you say this. I read the other day, how many times do you think the average person checks their phone in a day? How many times you check your phone for whatever reason? I think it's like 160. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And I go, oh, there's no way I do that. And I realize, oh, in the last 15 minutes, I checked my phone six times. Well, not- the laughing is because there was a pickup. There was an edit right there because <laughs> Seth edited something out of it. No way. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But No, but but the thing about ESPN is that you you don't watch SportsCenter anymore. Sports Center is nothing you would watch when when I when look and I keep going you know back in my but back in the nineties you know the Dan and Keith days and everything you watch Sports Center it was your place to get the highlights it was your place to get stories on people that was it now it's I get anything I want you know if I if I want Syracuse stuff I don't know I go to Syracuse.com and I, and I, and I read about it if I want to know about the Mets I'll go to Amazing Avenue you know I'll go there and I'll, I'll get whatever I want at a moment's notice I don't need to wait to hear anything that's gonna be that's gonna be on it so it's yeah unless it's a game but that's really the last bastion of programming for any sports network is having live games because you can't you the only st- thing that people watch yeah you still can't oh well i'm going to dvr the game or i'm going to do this no that's the only thing people because everything else is all right do i really need to watch this even if it's something that's debuting if it's a 30 for 30 or if it's a, okay i could tape it and watch it later i could watch it live right. but i could also watch it later so i don't need to do that yeah, yeah, yeah. no the 30 for 30s are brilliant and uh I, i'll watch espn because uh they did a deal i know they have the acc network channel coming but they did a deal with the students at Syracuse to do all the minor sports, and they put it on the ESPN app. So these kids are going. I mean, it's crazy. Like we we're both Syracuse graduates, and like the stuff we did <laughs> to try to get into this business. These kids are doing national, like worldwide, global, you know, field hockey. But it's it's you're doing field hockey on the ESPN app. At 19 years old, like that—that's—that's that's incredible. Um, so I, I, I applaud them uh, for for that. It's funny that you were talking about three-quarter inch tape, because you're a little older than me, and you didn't realize it, but you just acknowledged that you're older than me because you were a production hit. You were a production assistant in the mid 90s. I graduated in 96. I learned at Syracuse how to edit with three-quarter inch, but the minute I got the job in Denver. In 96 slash 97, they went digital. It is a skill that I spent four years mastering and never used. Well, that's my entire career in school. What do you use? Most important class I ever took? Typing. Typing. Typing is the one class you will take. I was chemistry for non-science majors. A whole collection of people who didn't want to be there. No. Typing. English, history, math, so forget it. You don't need that. Typing. Don't fool around in typing. Don't flirt with the girl right. next to you. And don't do thumbs. No. Right. Pay attention in typing. It's the one skill you'll take with you the rest of your life. I noticed my, my kids, they're being uh, uh, asked to do cursive. Oh, yeah, my daughter, too. Yeah, same thing, cursive. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what's going to happen if you don't learn cursive? <laughs> Are you not getting into MIT? Like, what? Well, nobody wants their college application to look like it's written as a ransom note. No, no, no. But a signature, you can learn a signature without learning cursive. 
Yeah, but you're going to have to write things eventually. And you don't want, like I said, it would look like, how old is the person who wrote this? I mean, look, my grandfather, God bless him. God bless He lived to be 95 years old. And whenever I missed school, my grandmother would always write my note to Jason missed class because of this, everything. So one day, my, my grandmother left for work early, and I said, oh, Pop, I need a note. And they said, okay, fine. Um, you know, he'll, So, Pop, write a note why I missed school yesterday. I had a sore throat. So I said, okay. So he wrote the note, and I handed it to my teacher. A couple of days later, um, there's a phone call to my house from my teacher. And my mom gets off the phone and she's laughing at the end. And I go, I go, what happened? She goes, sit down. I said, okay, what happened? She goes, well, the teachers thought that you wrote the note <laughs> the from school because the handwriting, because my grandfather just never learned how to write. You look at him writing and it looks, it, he just never got his skill. So they just thought that I, and I was in like third grade. This is not like I was in high school. It's like I was in third grade. I'd explain no. And my mom said, I had to say, no, my father wrote this. And she realized I had to say that it was, it was, and it was, it was. A, no, that's funny. So now you know why you need stuff like that. But that's, but that's what that's the kind of uh, host you are. Like, you'll go off on a tangent. Like your radio show is this podcast. Like, it's you go off on a tangent for no reason, and you're you you can't say at the end of the segment that you achieved the objective because you did not start this conversation about three quarter inch tape. We didn't get there. By accident, but you have this innate ability to take the story and just ramp it. One, it's almost like you're a, a like a, a poker player, and every time I, I I call, you raise me because you you have that innate ability, and it's I think it's why you're a, a, a the talk show host that you are. Wow, thank you. I wish I was that good of a poker player, uh, but you know I always think of you know I don't just tell us I don't just tell a story and go okay well now I'm going to tell the story. I always feel like. In whatever segment we're doing, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to say segment, but in whatever time you're on the air doing it, I always want to make sure. They tell you not to say segment? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, segment's bad. Don't That's say segment. That's a new segment. point. Well, no, segment's one of those things where it's like if you say segment, it makes it sound like you are, and this is something that goes back like, you know, 20 years with program directors saying, don't say this, don't say segment. That was a big thing at ESPN, don't say segment. Why? Because their philosophy was if you say segment, people have a beginning and an end to it. And when it's the a segment, masteler. Yeah, when the segment ends, that means it's over, yeah. and people, you're giving people permission to turn off i go you mean the commercial's not going to give people permission to turn i mean okay but But people have permission to turn this off anytime don't say don't say guy's gonna tweet motherfucker i did it i turned it off a long time ago (laughs) no but i always feel like i want whoever's listening to get something from this whether it is my opinion whether it's a story i can tell about my life that relates to this oh my god the story's great and look i know i tell a pretty good story you know, I've, I've told a lot of stories in my life. I know I tell a pretty good story, as long as it's not something that just ends. Because it's, it's a skill, and it's something that I've learned. Because I, I can't just tell a story. Because I got friends that love to talk and tell stories. I go, oh, dude, come on, man. You're, Get to the point. You're killing me, man. This is just... And if they don't hit it where they think the, the punchline should be, they just keep going to find that punchline. So I find myself sometimes just laughing. Oh, that's great! That wasn't that funny. Yes, it was! End the story. Just end the story. End it, end it. So if you walk away from that, you don't always need to walk away from a segment of mine saying, okay, and I shouldn't say segment. Hey, you don't walk away... <laughs> Walk away from it saying, hey, he, he told me, because I always want to get my opinion out, but it's okay once in a while to walk away and go, oh my God, this Anthony Davis story came out today, and Jason Smith told this story about his grandfather who couldn't write, and I listened to that, and that was so, so that's fine. If you come away with that, I'm okay with that. 
This episode of Sports with Friends is brought to you by Podcast One. As you rev up your engines with the start of NASCAR racing season, Podcast One is your pit stop for the best car podcasting around. Let's see what they did there. Team up with Adam Carolla and friends on CarCast as they explore all aspects of the automotive space, from car buying to news about the industry. Then drive into motorsport talk with Shift and Steer. Then stop by Spike's Car Radio as comedy writer Spike Fierstein hosts a roundtable with his celebrity friends about all things cars. Download CarCast and Spike's Car Radio every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcast. It goes to that old adage, and I, uh, this is something I wanted to ask you when I thought about like what we were going to talk. I, I knew, I knew this was going to be a mishmash of tangents, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let, let's call it what it is. But um, the, the, there's this theory about the 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 shows about the games will never be as good as the games, mm. except in the NBA. Because in the NBA, they have created a reality, you know, uh, like a reality world between Instagram and Twitter and and media and press conferences and sports radio and all those things where this is what you hear when you hear about NBA talk. This guy likes this guy. This guy doesn't want to play with that guy. This guy can't stand this guy. He's not friends with this one. He's mad at this one. You never hear when you're talking about the NBA – the third quarter three shooting percentage of the Utah Jazz against the Portland Trailblazers, and the it's it's to the NBA's credit because it's it's something I used to be a very big critic when I was doing shows here at Fox Sports Radio. I was a huge critic of the NBA because I thought the game product sucked and the players weren't likable, and they've changed one aspect of. It. I don't think they've changed the game quality. I don't think the games are better. I think the the, the 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 reality world that it's real housewives I mean, it's real housewives for men and i think that you know everyone wants to know what Giannis wants to do does he want to spend his whole life in milwaukee you know this uh, anthony davis so where's he gonna go and well the, the pelicans don't have to trade him and they're talking about it and it's like you know oh no she didn't <laughs> like that, like that's where it's coming and it's 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 to their credit. And one person who, after 180 episodes who has continuously blown me off after he said he would come on is Adam Silver. But I think Adam Silver is a big part of that because David Stern's a slime ball, and Adam Silver is this progressive, forward-thinking person that said, "Let's not sit here and try to reinvent the wheel, but let's make our product truly a global brand." And they've done it. All right. Well, I think Adam Silver is a guy who just doesn't want to do anything. I think he's somebody who sits back, and when controversies come up, he doesn't want to get involved. He enjoys being the commissioner of the NBA. He enjoys being someone that has that position. He doesn't want to upset the players, because look what look what happened with with Donald Sterling. When the Sterling thing came out, that was when the players said, "We're going to walk out unless you get rid of him." And now there are many things, and obviously Sterling had to go. The guy was horribly racist, and you can't have the guy had to go. When he said, okay, now, Donald, you're out. When at first it was, you have to just suspend him. I'm going to suspend you. Because first the players were, you need to suspend this guy, all these things. And then Adam Silver waited. And then the players said, okay, now we're going to walk out of the playoff. He did not want that visual of, here's a playoff game, here's the opening tip, and players all walking off the floor. So once that happened, the players knew, we run this league now. 
We run this league. We're who does. And Adam Silver doesn't get involved. Didn't get involved in Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban employed a known domestic abuser. Known domestic abuser who went a couple of times and said he kept him on staff. He kept an unsafe workplace for his employees. His philosophy was, well, I knew if we let him go, he would do it someplace else. So we kept him here so I can keep an eye on him. So he kept a known abuser on his staff. And what did Adam Silver say? Nothing. How Mark Cuban still runs the Mavericks is beyond me. But this is what he did. The players run the show. And you know what? The players have been doing pretty good at it. Because nobody... So so to that end, that's how we get to the same position. So maybe I'm giving the credit to the wrong guy, but the players have, have suddenly become... These responsible young men, like we had Blake Griffin on the show, and he, what a magnanimous person who's he could he could run for office if he if he wanted to, and that wasn't what the NBA was when you and I were coming up. No, the the NBA was a couple of teams. It was Philadelphia, Boston, and Los Angeles, and maybe New York, right? But now here's where we are, and why is the NBA? winning things like the Super Bowl week. Like, well, this week of the Super Bowl, there were no stories we talked about. What did we talk about? Anthony Davis. And Porzingis. Yeah, a rumor of a guy being traded and a guy being traded who hasn't played all season. And that was the big thing because nobody does drama like the NBA. The NBA had such a smart thing, and this is where I got to give – I know you don't like David Stern, but I got to give him a lot of credit for this. I got a great David Stern. Seattle Supersonics, that's all. Oh, well, that's true, but I got a great David Stern story after this, remind me to tell you. So – is that they decided we are going to jam the individual superstar down your throat. When the Jordan era came, okay, what do we do now? Michael Jordan's retiring. We are going to jam superstars down your throat until you realize it's something you like. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, I like it. And now where the NFL was always the stars come organically. New stars get drafted every year. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. That was great for a while, but now it's no. We like the individual stars. We talk about Russell Westbrook. The guy plays in Oklahoma City. All right, we talk about him more than we talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers plays in Green Bay. That's a perfect example right there. We are a star-driven society now. So when all of well, and nobody knows who Mike Trout is. No, well, he likes weather, and he lives in Anaheim, and he's an Eagles fan. That you nuts, you know about him. But because the NBA has pushed the individual, now we care about that. So now it's it doesn't matter where Kevin Durant plays. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the Knicks are good or not. It doesn't matter if the Lakers are good or not. The, the we're able to get these stories anywhere. And because there's so many personalities now that mean so much that we hook on and go, we know all these guys. The NBA is just continuing to grow, and and it's it's more fun to talk about than it is sometimes to watch the game. Right. And that's I have I can't tell you the last time I watched an NBA. Oh, I was doing reports uh, during the Christmas day. Uh, I was uh, doing for iHeart, and and uh, it was the five games. And I so I had I watched the five games. I was like, oh, this is this is the NBA. Huh? They're, they're tall. <laughs> All right, so are you ready for my yeah, game David? Story? Sorry. All right. So this is back when I was at ESPN, and he was coming in to do a whole day's worth of shows like doing this whole car they call it the car wash when you do all the different shows it was coming in off i forget what controversy it was it might have been coming in off the the sun spurs when when stoudemire and dl got suspended for coming on the court during the okay he was coming on doing the whole day and i was like great we're gonna get him and i'm gonna get him for my show which is on late at night all night so i'm like awesome this is great so i'm coming and i park my car i'm coming in from uh, the parking lot, and my cell phone rings, and it's my producer that says, "Hey, you walking in?" I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm walking in." He goes, uh, "We're not getting David Stern." I go, "Whoa, what happened?" He goes, "Ah, uh, he can't. He's finishing his thing. We're not getting." I go, "So who else is not getting?" And they said, "Ah, uh, just just us." I'm like, 
oh, come on, man, really? Because I was coming in early to tape him because I had to come in early because, you know, show is on late at night. And I said, you're kidding me, man. He goes, yeah, no, I, I, we can't. I'm sorry. It's him. I'm like, all right, great. So I hang up the phone. I'm walking by, and I walk by this limousine. And this guy gets out of the limo, the driver, and he goes, hey, young man, excuse me. And I said, yeah. He goes, uh, I'm here to pick up Commissioner Stern. Can you go get him for me? I said, can I go get him for you? He goes, yeah, he's inside this building somewhere. Can you uh, can you go get him? And I said, yeah, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll see and I'll get him to come out. All right, thanks. And he gets back in the car. I go, this guy, you know, not only do I lose That's him, funny. I yeah, his yeah. limo driver to just say, can you go get him for me? And, you know, and he looked like um, uh, the actor. Uh, 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 the driver. No, no, the driver. Yeah, he looked like uh, he won for Marty. Uh, uh, Gap Tooth. Oh, Marty. Yeah, I mean, one for Marty. He won Best Actor for Marty. Um, not Richard Jekyll. Uh, uh, oh, he's on the tip of my tongue. I can't. I'll have to look it up on my phone. But no, he's Ernest Borgnine. Oh, okay. Ernest Borgnine. That's who it was, yeah. I was like, where's it going? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Ernest, that's who he looked like. Hey, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll go get him for you. Yeah. Well, David Stern, um, you know, Hurricane Katrina happened, and um, the, uh, the, the, the then Hornets uh, had to be displaced. Because they were rebuilding their arena, and a guy by the name of uh, a weasel by the name of uh, Clay Bennett uh, offered to house the Pel- uh, the the, the Hornets uh, rent free, and they played in Oklahoma City for two years. And uh, David Stern, as been documented by the fine folks who made the documentary Sonic's Gate, uh, said uh, David Stern said, uh, "Don't worry, I got you back. I'll get you a team." And then when the Riddler of the whole story, uh, Howard Schultz, who's uh, running for president, supposedly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That just makes me laugh. Maybe. Um, wanted to sell the team rather than sell the team to Steve Ballmer, who was living in Seattle at the time, who ended up buying the Clippers for $2 billion just five years later. Uh, he decided to sell the team to the snake oil salesman, uh, Clay Bennett and Howard Schultz, David Stern. Howard Schultz is the Riddler in the story. Clay Bennett's the Joker in the story because he's the villain, you know, and, um, and Stern to me is the Lex Luthor. He's the wily, slick, you know, behind the scenes criminal. And uh, all three of them can, you know, there's a special place for them. Yeah. Yeah. But you're okay. So who is Otis? Mr. Tessberger! <laughs> Otisburg. Oh, oh. Otisburg. It's an itty-bitty place, Mr. Luthor. Miss <laughs> Teschmock has got her own place. Otisburg. Otisburg. Is anybody else going to get that besides you and I? No. Is anybody else going to? I just going to Google Otisburg and see what comes up. Have you ever seen the uh, the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Brilliant, right? Oh, Superman 2 was one of the few movies where the sequel is better than the original. But when you take all the Richard Lester like goofball comedy stuff out of it and you make it harsh like a comic book movie, mm-hmm. Superman 2 the Richard Donner co- is is amazing. He doesn't magically kiss to make her forget. He flies around the world again to to turn back. To, oh, it's 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 brilliant. No, it's great and and, and the whole, a great movie. Oh, and the whole ending takes you by surprise a little bit too. You you're not seeing that coming, and you know it's like oh I did oh and Marlon Brando's in it, which he wasn't in Superman two. Right. It oh it, Superman two was such a good and I remember you know in fact one thing I cite on the show all the time is is it's one of the most iconic scenes from that movie. I I, I don't know if it's iconic for anybody else, but the scene when the president's doing the broadcast. And he's telling everybody, these three run the world now and everything. He goes, Superman, where are you? We need you. And, and, and General Zod pushes him out of the way and says, yes, where is this Superman? And I find myself making analogies to that, like going, you know, it's like it's almost like Team X says, 
Sam Darnold, where are you? We need you. Sam Darnold. Yes, let me see you, Sam Darnold. And it's like, I'm like, I made that analogy to Superman 2, but I keep going back to that one moment from Superman 2. That and the one where he's got no powers, he gets in the fight in the diner. And the oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and he goes, I've been working out. Yeah. But really, that one, Superman, we need your help. Where are you? And he pushes him away from the side. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> keep it on the on the grill. It's just a minute steak. Yeah, yeah. I saw this movie. Literally, I was on an airplane yesterday. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, Superman 2 was on an airplane? No, I, w- I had my iPad, and it was the Richard Donner version oh, okay, of okay. Superman 2. There's this, I mean, I'm cutting this out of the podcast, but there's a, there's this thing now, Voodoo. Have you heard of the Voodoo app? Uh-huh. And if you uh, scan your DVDs for a, for a dollar, uh, it'll put them on digital. So all my old DVDs are now on my iPad. And so I picked the Richard Donner cut literally yesterday. All right. I felt like, you know, I'm on a plane and that that's what show we're going to show you. Superman (laughs) 2. If you don't like that, we have Top Gun. And if not, then Butch Cast Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, I love Adventures in Babysitting. We had uh, George Newbern. uh, He's the voice of Superman in Justice League. We had him on the Hall of Justice podcast. And he was in Adventures in Babysitting. And I literally had to think of a question for Adventures in Babysitting. And all I said is, Elizabeth Shue was hot in person as she was on screen. <laughs> I saw her on a plane in the early 2000s. And she was beautiful. And you know what? She was flying coach just like me. I got a great, a great, okay. I've told this story on the podcast. I've done 180 freaking episodes. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm 185 um, or whatever I am. For Fox Sports Radio okay. in 2002, I was a stringer. Because I was working for the commissioner's office, and my deal was I could cover any sport that wasn't baseball for Fox. So I was covering the Nets versus Lakers NBA Finals at the Meadowlands. And all my job was was to get a cell phone on to, to a player, so give my cell phone to a player to be on Fox Sports Radio. And so we're in the Lakers, and it wasn't the, the championship game. They, they weren't, but they, they, they swept, so it was, I guess it was game three. And we're standing there, and I see a guy across the hall waiting to get in the locker room. And I just just go, I know you from somewhere. (laughs) What high school did you go to? (laughs) I go, where'd you go to college? Where'd you grow up? Like, um, I'm, and it was, uh, and he goes, um, I'll, I'll, I'll save you the trouble. I was on Melrose Place. It was Andrew Shue. <laughs> oh, nice. And I thought he went to high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just disappeared after Melrose. Don't I know you from somewhere? Yeah. No, he do he, Melrose and then like he started to do like soccer stuff. Yeah. Right? And then like he stopped acting or something. Yeah, boy, Andrew Shue. Do I know you? Do I know you? Wow, I'm Andrew Shue. I was on Melrose Place. Wow. That's <laughs> Um, so did you get Andrew Shue for the broadcast? No, I didn't hey, put him on a cell phone. Hey, I, I can't get you Shaq, but I got Andrew Shue. All right, you can ask him what happened in the first season with Courtney Thorne Smith. All right, and then why they they voted they they wrote the other Vanessa Williams out, not not the Miss America, not Miss America Syracuse alum. You no, know, Vanessa L. Williams, right? And they went in a different direction, right? Then Kimberly comes in, and that yeah yeah. Ask him about that. Great, go ahead. You know that commercial that always airs during a, you know a college game? They always air a, a, a thirty second spot for the the universities that are playing in the game. Did you, have you seen the recent Syracuse one? Oh no! With the, it has it has Costas in it and Dick Clark and Ted Koppel and Vanessa Williams, which oh. I, I I'm fine with. I yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I'm completely fine with that. But kind of a bold choice considering the scandal that she she faced. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. I remember when when I when I was there. 
it she in school? Always, no, no, no. She had graduated a couple of years before. Uh, boy, the kid would have had fun. Oh, I'd had fun. Hey, Vanessa, you know, I'm 5'7", and uh, not really athletic, but boy, I could talk. But you could save the best for last. That's oh, what you got. I should have done that. Oh, I should have done my Berman impression. And TJ, save the best for last, <laughs> TJ. No, but it, it was it was always there. It was always all the people. Brent Musburger and everybody who was there. And you never really said Vanessa Williams' name because it was such right. a scam. But you realize now, oh, okay, it was 1990. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a long time ago now. They did a uh, documentary on uh, WAER, the history of WAER uh, radio. And um, they supposedly go over like 50-year history of, of, of that radio station. And no one from the class of 96 and again, I don't need to be in the documentary. Like I'm, I'm a schlub. But you have uh, AP uh, reporter Sagar Magani. You have Andrew Siciliano, Directv and, and NFL Network. You have Zach Zaidman, who was with the Chicago Bears for 14 years, now with the Cubs. Broadcast. Like you had some heavy hitters from my class. Not one person from the class of '96 is in the documentary. We boycotted it. Wow. We haven't seen it. Wow. Scott McFarlane, who's a good dude, he's a, he's class of 98. He's a NBC Washington uh, newscaster, and he was at the State of the Union uh, the other day, and he um, he put the documentary together, and we protested. Wow. Syracuse has never called me once for anything. Really? I'm not one. Not one. You're not on that. Are you on that wall? Oh, I, I have to go look. I'm I'm going up there in February. I'll, I'll I'll have to go look. There's this wall now that they built. They built this whole room, and the whole uh, every wall in the room has little names of every sports media PR anybody from Newhouse that's a a prominent name. I guarantee you, you're in it. Oh, I, I don't. I, no, because I wasn't. I'd be willing to bet on that. I wasn't in Newhouse, so I don't know if I'm on there. Might not be because I was arts and sciences. Now you're not used to want to bet. No, no, I don't. don't Yeah, you went from betting. Now I'm not. You're not one to bet. No, they've never. When I because I was I was born. That also might not make it. All right. (laughs) All these things, you know. All you have just one thing that doesn't. Cutting room floor of this podcast will be. I just want you to know right now, Seth has said about eleven things that aren't going to make it on the podcast. So just so you know, there could be a lot of things on the cutting room floor just because Seth has decided to have that. That's like my uh, my favorite MLB radio story. you know, Daryl Hamilton and I used to do the radio show, and he was in Houston and I was in New York, and we would have AOL Instant Messenger while we were talking, and his line would constantly block out, like it would constantly uh, drop for like you know 15 seconds at a time, and we heard it, and then the listener couldn't hear this, but in my headset I could hear when it reconnected. I could hear a slight click, and I knew when. It, so we would rehearse this, and we practiced it, and we did it. And when it would re-click, he would come on, interrupt whatever I was saying, and go, and those are the people I know did steroids, and I'm not telling you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like the, the Simpsons, the itchy and scratchy. Oh, they're never going to let us run that one again. Oh, hope you saw that one. Oh, my God, that was great. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um Last thing, how have you incorporated social media, and do you do it out of obligation or do you do it out of fun? And explain to me how about a fresca. All right, that's like 11 questions. As a reporter, you're supposed to ask one question because you ask too many questions. It's my effing show. <laughs> oh, is that going to get cut or is that going to stay? Nope, staying right in there. <laughs> all right, so how about a fresca came from the greatest movie of all time, Caddyshack. 
And I'm a huge Caddy Chef fan. So when I, I got to Twitter a little bit late, like I, I missed the initial boom when everybody had a hundreds of thousands of followers. So I got to it a little bit late and I realized I needed to do it because it was important to, to my business. And so I went on. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be Jason Smith one. I don't want Jason Smith seven, Jason Smith four. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get something from Caddyshack. Everything I tried, I tried Sit Down Danny, I tried Judge Smale, it's in the I tried, hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything, and it was all done. The only two ones that I came up with that weren't taken were How About a Fresca and Moose and Rocco. And so Ooh, I'm like, tough, I, tough, tough. So I didn't know I go, do I do How About a Fresca or Moose and Rocco? And I really, it was, it was, it was torn. And my wife's uncle is like my brother-in-law they're about the same age he loves caddyshack like i do in fact there's times we call each other on the phone i'll say what aviation pioneer does al cervic mention oh amelia Earhart. all right great who's the third caddy that plays with noonan and denunzio in the caddy tournament mitchell what's the name of al cervic's wife mona like we keep just this caddyshack trivia that's so inside because i've seen the movie hundreds of times so i said i'm gonna go with how about a fresca and i'm like all right it worked and how about a fresca worked? And I'm like, it's better than Moose and Rocco. Because right, right. how about a fresca? It just sounds better than why is my Twitter handle Moose and Rocco? Well, I just like that there's a story behind it. You know what I mean? Like when you see a Twitter handle that you don't get, you know, there, there's, there's, um, you know, it's just there, there's a. Re- I knew there was a reason. I just wanted to know what the what the reason was. Uh, I we, we literally have like ten seconds. Oh over. my god, ten seconds. Um, uh, do you feel it? Do you do it more for fun, or do you do it more because employers want you to? No, I, it's it's both. It's not employers. They've never told me to tweet or not tweet. There's not one time where they've said you should be live tweeting this or that. I do it for fun because it's fun doing it, but I also know it helps. You know, when I it helps do it. the show. Yeah, because it helps. Because what I like to do is I use Twitter as when I come on the air, what my opinion is or something I just said. I like to tweet that out and then engage with the audience on it. I also want to get my opinions out because I know that's going to help the show, that if I say something that gets picked up, it's going to be a really big deal. And I know the power of social media. Uh, Three weeks ago, I had a take on Baker Mayfield, and I said, Baker Mayfield, the Browns can't get a a big-time head coach here because Baker Mayfield is a tough guy to sign up for. And I went through a whole bunch of reasons why. Because, look, he's a maverick. He's a guy. He's the most powerful guy in the organization. Where are all the big names that want to come in and coach Baker Mayfield? We didn't hear any of them. They wound up hiring Freddie Kitchens. And so I put that out there, and and Fox did a nice little thing on the social media saying, hey, Jason Smith explains why Baker Mayfield can't get a big-name a big name head coach. And then I tweeted that out. On, off my account. Now, Fox tweeted out too, and I tweeted out on my account. But because I tweeted it out, just what happens, somebody, a couple Browns fans got a hold of it, got it to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield liked it and responded to me with an LOL. And suddenly now that's become a thing. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's a crazy thing. And, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, who I do shows with once in a while, especially when we do here with Dan stuff, he said it's amazing how sometimes we can get four hours of material out of a single stroke of a key tweet on social media. And that was an entire three days worth of material because Baker Mayfield responded. It, it, it started going on social media. Then I, I addressed it on the show and it became this whole thing. So you realize the power of that. Now, the most important thing still is what comes out of the speakers, what people hear, but your reach because you can reach people when you're not on the air. I can reach people with my take on Baker Mayfield at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to wait until 7 o'clock at night for it to happen. So it's you. So I understand how big that can be. Now, do I go crazy with Instagram and a whole bunch? Twitter really is the big mode of communication right now. So I go now, would I do Instagram at some point? Maybe, but but from what I do now, the, the information and, and what 
people in the show. Everybody's on Twitter. People respond to it. It goes out. So that's where I put most focus on. Well, dude, it's been a blast. I knew it would be. Um, you and I could do hours and hours and hours and hours. I love that we barely did any baseball. I think that's hysterical. <laughs> Uh, you, you said you're going to cut half the stuff we did. Not, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, look, I want it stated for the record. This is staying in. We recorded 38 minutes. This podcast will not be 38 minutes long. Uh, all right, fine. I get it. I get it. Good to see you, buddy. You too, man. Thanks so much. That's Jason Smith. I'm Seth Everett. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, this is Sports with Friends. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. all about you can't take me for granted and smile i'm gone forget reaching my phone because i promise i'll be gone for a while when you see me again i hope that you have been the kind of person that you really are now Taking up my time